Hello and welcome to Ono, Ross, and Carrie. The show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but we take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy, not a robot. And I'm Ross Blotcher, and it's good to know there is a Carrytron 3000 that I can replace you with if I yeah. need to, if something happens to you. Yeah, if I die. And I do mean if. <laughs> Instead of freezing my body, mm-hmm. I'm just going to make sure that all of my knowledge is uploaded into my robot. Get on it, scientists. No, I'm on it. And this is what I'm working on. This is my big oh, project. Cool. All this right. is what I do in the backyard. Time well spent. Well, while I'm still using my dumb mortal body, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got, you know, certain little cricks and cracks and surprises for me. You know, our bodies need food yes. for energy. You can't just like plug us into a USB port, which is very inconvenient. God's first mistake. But also kind of tasty. The food. Yeah. Yes. We find it tasty because we need it. It's a nice little evolutionary symbiosis. See, now that was clever of God. Well done, God. Whoever or whatever process designed us, we have to eat food. That's true. We're putting a pin in evolution for the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Save that for later consideration. But eating food is not always straightforward. Sometimes our bodies make it difficult. Mm -hmm. It's like, I only want certain types of food. Oh, yes. I'm going to bloat. I'm going to get irritable. I'm going to fart. I'm going to excrete. I'm going to squish. I'm going to... Squash. (laughs) All of these things. The body does a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm going to send gases back up. Or I'm going to send them down. I'm going to make you nauseous. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make your back ache. I'm going to make your mouth itchy. Yeah, your nose itchy. Yeah, what? Like Your what? skin's going to get itchy What's after you eat food. What's that supposed to tell me? Right. Like, what it, yeah, you know what? This is all about the passive aggressiveness of the human body. That it's like, I didn't like that pizza. Mm-hmm. So now your toe itches. I'm gonna send, what? I'm going to send stuff down the wrong pipe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get some food stuck in your epiglottis. What if we kept the poop hole like two centimeters from your vagina (laughs) and then made it the easiest place to have a UTI? Oh, okay. Really neat idea. Thank you. You know what, God? We've got notes now. Yeah. Maybe not the best. Do you think God listens to the show? I bet. I think so, too. Yeah. He seems like he likes listening in on everything. (laughs) Yeah. Good point. (laughs) I mean, if he's going to watch me on the pot. Yeah, you're right. He listens to all podcasts. Excreting said food. Okay, so (laughs) this is a food-related investigation. Yes. Uh, Previously, we talked about IgG food sensitivity testing with Everlywell. Yes. And today we're talking about food marble. marble. (laughs) Like I noticed both of us are like, we're saying this together. We better enunciate clearly (laughs) because it's a word that can very much get lost. Yeah, we're going to go through a diphthong and all the way through two plosives. In our synchrony. But But yeah, the food marble has a different approach. So before it was, we take our blood and Mm -hmm. we mail it off to a place and they look at our IgG levels. Right. And you can listen to that investigation if you're interested. But the takeaway was that really it was more of a test of food exposure Mm -hmm. and uh, you'd still do best to go see a doctor and have them do the little scratch test, you know, and uh, and test your sensitivity that way. But there's another device on the market that tests your breath Mm -hmm. for signs of frequent digestive disruption. Their products are the latest, most advanced digestive breath testing devices for people with SIBO, Mm -hmm. you had to tell me about this. Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Now, what if you're only convinced that you have it? Is it placebo SIBO? (laughs) That's a legitimate question for this particular complaint, but I'll tell you more a little later. Okay, but also IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. I've Mm -hmm. heard of that one before. And certain digestive issues. So you use this device and the app it rode in on to monitor your meals, stress, sleep, and symptoms and test your fermentation level with personalized real-time results. You're reading the website? I'm reading the website. That's how they present it. Yeah, so the concept here is that you breathe into a tiny little mechanical device. It tests the hydrogen levels in your breath. 
Yes. This will tell you how much and how quickly food is fermenting in your gut. Mm-hmm. And that should give you some hint about what's going on in there. So as they explain to you, when you eat food, it takes a bit of time to work its way down. It gets to the small intestine where nutrients are absorbed so your body can use them. And then it works its way down to the lower intestine, to the colon, at which point certain substances, carbohydrates specifically, if they are not properly digested beforehand, Mm -hmm. they will create gases such as hydrogen. Mm -hmm. And now they have a newer device that measures hydrogen and methane. methane. And these are indicative of digestive problems that you may be having. The higher the level anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you can expect some no matter what. So the idea is that you have this breath test, this little breathalyzer, Mm -hmm. analyzing your breath. Are you having digestive problems? Sounds pretty reasonable on the surface. Sounds like a possible thing this little thing could do. So this is where I learned another new term, FODMAP. Oh, yeah. Rolls right off the tongue. (laughs) I said it in my vows. (laughs) Did you? Yeah. (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) Our vows were largely about... Flatulence. Poop and flatulence. Yeah. Yeah. At our wedding. You think it's a joke, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Okay, so FODMAPs are fermentable... Oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols, which are short-chain carbohydrates. There we go. Uh, So those are the kind of things that our bodies might potentially have a hard time absorbing. Yeah, yeah, dealing with. That would then ferment in the gut. Yeah, so they're common things that make people's guts kind of just a little bit twitchy, just a little bit... No, thanks. I'm going to maybe get a tiny bit of inflammation or I'm going to get a little bit cranky on you. It's just some of the common things that do that. Two dietitian blogs that I read about this kind of breath testing with both mentioned that there's two categories, the fructans, which mm. are found in onions and wheat products mm. and GOS or galacto. Oh, galacto-oligosaccharides. Oh, sucks if you can't eat that. Are both under the O in FODMAP, and those are ones that everybody doesn't digest well, so they don't Mm. test for them because, well, Mm. you know, everybody would get, I guess, similar results. Oh, interesting. What's a food that's got one of those? That first one, fructans, was onions and wheat products. Right. And then the second one was legumes, Uh. some vegetables, (laughs) Okay. And processed food ingredients. Okay. Though we don't all get symptoms. There we go. Got it. So that's what this device is supposed to be measuring. Mm -hmm. You tell it a bit about yourself. You have a discovery period. And then they give you these packets that are very full of this stuff. You absorb it and you have this test day where then you keep breathing into the device and it tells you how sensitive you are. Yeah. And they also have you do this baseline period. So for a week, you just eat normally and then blow into this thing a few times a day and it tells you how much you're fermenting and that gives you an idea of the baseline and then you fast before each test and then just eat only that one sugar that's in apples that maybe your body will hate and see (laughs) how it acts with basically that being the only thing in your gut yeah isolate that a little bit better i think that part of it makes perfect sense i was gonna say so far sounds pretty reasonable yeah so i was interested in this because i have an ibs diagnosis Mm. it's mentioned in my vows also um (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this isn't like high on my list of personal concerns compared to like migraine. It's not Mm. an ever present problem for me, but it's a present problem for me. And so yeah, I was interested in this because my understanding of IBS is that it's something that's mostly your body's reaction to anxiety, but you can sort of also micromanage the stuff you eat to at least allow for the days where you feel particularly anxious and you don't want to also fill your gut with a bunch of inulin or whatever. I got distracted looking to see if there's a product called Your Grain. <laughs> but there wasn't. A rich market is available, everybody. It's for people who get migraine from wheat. <laughs> yeah. Your <Yeah>. Grain. <laughs> 
very specific audience for that product. But. Okay. Okay. So you bought this thing, yeah. the Food Marble 1.0. Yes. And of course, I was using the Food Marble 1.0 when they started sending me emails saying, hey, guess what we have now? The Food Marble 2. Mm. It's more money and it measures methane. And no, you can't send in your one to get a two because we can't repurpose the one because your goddamn lips were all over it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's plastic. You can't clean that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we had already invested in the Food Marble one. And how did you get this? I think it was advertised to me. I want to say it was an Instagram ad. It was more than a year ago. Yeah, so this is kind of the reverse of the coffee enema situation where I used this a year ago and let it take over my life for, <laughs> you know, a month and a half. And, and then handed it over to you. And then recently I was going through my folders on the cloud, you know, locally backing up stuff and getting rid of old investigations. And I kind of freaked out for a moment because I looked in the food marble folder and I was like, where are all the project files? <laughs> And then I thought, wait, did we ever actually publish this? <laughs> no. Okay, I've just been sitting on all these screenshots and thumbnails. So, Carrie, do the food marble. Yeah, and it took a while for me to get this going. It's so intensive mm-hmm. right off the bat. And mm-hmm. if this isn't built into your day, which why would it be? It is very hard to just like get on the wagon the first time. Once I had gotten past like day four... Yeah, It was much easier to continue, but just like getting on to such a sudden and like you need to be tracking Mm -hmm. so many things throughout the day and breathing so many times and logging, logging every poop (laughs) and every symptom. Like it's just so much that I just kept giving up. And finally, finally, attempt three or four, I was finally able to do it. No kidding. And you joke about that, but they call it a poop log. That's part of this, (laughs) (laughs) which every time I saw them. (laughs) But yeah, they tell you in advance You shouldn't be having any overindulgences. You shouldn't be eating like overly large meals. Mm -hmm. You have to report everything that you're eating and it has to be really controlled, even though they don't give you like a set diet. Of course, they give you tons of recipes and recommended things to eat. But yeah, I remember kind of looking in advance and thinking, okay, well, I can't do it this week because so-and-so has a birthday and I know I'm going to that (laughs) party and... Okay. All right. There we go. There's a week where I can really live like an ascetic and (laughs) follow this thing. So yeah, I started in November of 2021. Okay. And I started in September of 2022. And this thing comes in a bright blue box. Their color scheme is really interesting. It's like bright Superman blue. Yeah. And and kind of like a, a rosy tan. Oh, it, yeah. Which, yeah, colors that really don't go together. But, I mean, yeah, it huh. is distinctive. Yeah. So okay. it, that's all over the app and the packaging. So you open it up and it kind of looks like, you know, unboxing an Apple product or something. Everything is all nicely laid out. A lot of design work went into creating the packaging. And there's this little device. It's maybe like a little over two inches by two inches square. Yeah. And it looks like something that you might think was like a little game cartridge or something, which yeah, in terms of the old Nintendos, you would also breathe into. Totally, when you couldn't get to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, though apparently that doesn't help at all. Yeah, but, I've heard you can get moisture in there that way. Yeah, that's bad. I remember being told, like, make sure it's a dry mm, blow. But sure. E- even then, I'm not sure how helpful that actually was. But we would all play our Nintendo cartridges like harmonicas. So yeah, <laughs> it's uh, like a light gray. It's got their little Food Marble logo, which is kind of like almost the uh, Google Earth logo, circle with hmm. some kind of curves running through it, some parallel curves. And then... On the end, there's a dark gray section where you blow into, and it also has some LED lights that give you an indication of whether it's warmed up. Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't waited for anything to warm up as much as I did with this in a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the uh, whole process is, hold on, we got to get warm because we're going to analyze your breath. And then it also has a plugging port. Mm-hmm, a little USB micro usb so they include a cable for that and it's bluetooth because it's going to be connecting with your cell phone that's right cellular telephone so the app is very important but then you also need to order along with oh yeah so how much did you pay for this thing 177 177 dollars and looks like that's still the entry level device they still sell it on their website for 179 dollars free shipping that's nice that is nice wow 
Okay. Wow, they don't charge no, you for shipping? <laughs> Amazing. And then the Food Marble 2, if you're listening to this and you're like, I need to know my methane levels, mm-hmm. that's $249. Okay. Now you know. I see on the back, it came with a quality seal. It's like this hologram Ooh. seal. Oh, I missed that. No returns if removed. Quality seal. Whoa. Yeah, it looks like one of those little cell phone protector stickers or totally, something. Totally, the EMF blockers. Yeah. Yep. So you unbox all of that, but then, like you say, you've got an app you need to download. Yeah. So you go and you get the Food Marble app. You download it from any it, app store. It's free. Can you believe they don't charge for shipping or the app? <laughs> yeah, I can. I totally can. <laughs> okay. Then it wants to pair with Bluetooth because it's going to talk to your phone. They tell you that it is backed by science. That's one of the first. Great. So I we started. That's all I need to know. I realized. No details required. I logged everything with this app, but I didn't keep like a written log. I just realized I like screenshotted the hell out of this app. Mm. So I had 380 photos and screenshots (laughs) from this investigation yeah okay i just just kept a spreadsheet (laughs) so one of the first things it told me was this is backed by science our breath testing device is based on validated clinical technology our clinical team continues to test our technology with some of the world's top hospitals we'll come back to that okay and yeah as you're getting your baseline it's telling you little pieces of information Mm -hmm. about how this is going to work it's kind of doling them out in little tidbits like hey did you know kind of fun fact stuff so on my first day it said did you know it takes 40 to 480 minutes for someone to digest food foods that aren't fully digested may be fermented by your gut bacteria producing hydrogen this is a problem as hydrogen along with other gases like methane can build up causing symptoms taking these breath tests allows us to see how much gas is being produced, and which foods aren't being digested fully. Okay. Yeah, they want to collect a lot of information about you as you're setting up. It's funny, I noticed that every time they would write me an email, because you get a little bit off your order if you give them your email address, or send me a notification or say something on screen, they would always call me Ross Blotcher. It was never mm. like, hey, Ross, here's your results. It was like, oh, yeah. hey, Ross Blotcher, yeah, yeah, yeah. here are your results. One thing they wanted to know is, what is your motivation for using the Food Marble Air, mm. by the way? That's the name of the device, the A-I-R-E. Yes. I assume and there, that's Air. There's an Air 2. That's yeah. the one with the methane. I wonder what Air stands for. Oh, I bet it's just Air. <laughs> so the options for our motivations were known food intolerance, mm. suspected food intolerance, Manage IBS symptoms, general interest in nutrition, I checked that one, optimizing digestion, I checked that one, and other. Nice. Oh, what was your other? Oh, you didn't check that. Yeah. Got it. And then they want to know, you know, your birth year, your height, your weight, which makes sense for an app like this, and Mm -hmm. when you generally eat meals, foods that you suspect you might have issues with. I chose dairy, eggs, soda, alcohol, and spicy food. Oh, nice. Okay. So I find that I feel uncomfortable after garlic and onions, dried fruit. I would probably pick fruit too. Coffee, even though I love it. And sometimes spicy food. Would have no idea about meat, eggs, or dairy. And I love spicy food too. And then the app said, you are not alone. (laughs) 31.7% of our users also suspect they have a problem with dairy. (laughs) Oh, I wonder if they paid a lot for that. Let's talk about symptoms. Boy, the data collection starts and it never stops with this app. Yes. So they want to know about how abdominal pain and bloating affect your life. Mm -hmm. So there's a slider. I always feel conflicted about this because I feel like I get both of those things, but how much do they affect my life? Like compared to what? (laughs) Yeah, this is is a deep question. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm okay with it, but I I feel these things. What if I'm just okay with it? (laughs) Right. Uh, They asked, what are your most common symptoms? I chose heartburn, flatulence, and fatigue. But there were also options of constipation, diarrhea, cramps, and nausea. Cool. Okay, so I would have chosen flatulence for sure. Again, mentioned in the vows. <laughs> Very much mentioned Fati- in the vows. <laughs> Fatigue and diarrhea and constipation. Okay. Yeah. All right. Get all those. How o- not so much. Oh, this is one we've talked about on the show. How often do you poop? 
I said daily. Yeah, about the same. Okay. Whoa, there's an option for four plus times a day. That's a lot of pooping. Oh, bless that poor person. That's so much. <laughs> um, Although at my bachelorette party, have I mm-hmm. told you this? I pooped a total of 17 times. You did tell me that. And I thought, how do you know? And that's a good thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I keep a log. Oh, right. Yeah, I got to keep a poop, my poop log. A poop log, yep. Um, but it's the most of the year. Bachelorette party, 17 poops. That Airbnb is still recovering. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good time. Yeah, it was a good night. All right, so uh, as Carrie mentioned earlier, we have the baseline stage. So they just want to get a feel for your normal routine, which includes your sleep, Mm -hmm. your pooping, your Mm -hmm. stress level, and the meals that you're eating. Yes. So every day you're inputting those things into this app. And then you can also input your symptoms, but that's a little more of an opt-in kind of thing. Mm, But there mm -hmm. is a symptom tab, and if you're having a headache or something, you can alert the app. I forgot about that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they had a variety of symptoms. That's right. Headache was Mm -hmm. one of them. Uh, Bloating, fullness after eating, stuff like that. Gotcha. Too full after eating, I guess. Oh, okay. That kind of thing. And then there's the reset stage in which you will remove foods that may have been a cause of your symptoms, and then they go into the discovery stage in which you conduct your FODMAP tests Mm. and they have you even like schedule this out in advance like they want you to let them know what days you think you're going to be doing your tests Mm -hmm. so they can nag you (laughs) (laughs) so mostly so they can remind you to do the lead up to it yeah persistently in your notifications yeah I had my notifications off so I was okay with that part I I showed Carrie a screen grab of just like a page full of notifications from the Food Marble app almost all my notifications are off on my phone good call and by the way that FODMAP discovery stage involves those little packets or as they call them sachets mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of things that you put in water and then consume and that test is a separate cost right that was 60 something 49 dollars. 49 I, I okay. paid for that though free shipping can you believe that Whoa, they ship it to you for no additional nice. cost yeah so you're gonna pour those in water drink them down isolate that one little FODMAP and then Mm -hmm. see how your belly does for three hours while you take breaths every 15 minutes. And by that point, you haven't eaten for 13 hours by the time that's over. Right. Good point. You're Um, hungry and your head hurts. And occasionally they'll give you little videos to watch that explain these things to you, but Mm -hmm. we'll explain it to you. You don't need them. Yeah. Just get your device. Follow along with this podcast. We've got you. You'll be set. Why do I need to log my meals? Good question. Good. User, logging meals helps us to match your breath scores and symptom levels to your food and drinks. The food that is causing you discomfort is not always going to be what you have most recently eaten. Fair. Try your best to log all your meals and drinks. We know it's a commitment, but it'll be worth it by the end. Oh my goodness, logging meals. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty intense. (sighs) But you can, if you want to, you can be really simple about it. You can be like, I had a burrito. Trust me. Just tell me if I get a bad belly now. I wonder if it got better by the time you were using it, because maybe Mm. about a year had gone by. And I think they're pulling from like a user community. Other people put in foods. Yeah, they've put in some food, some common foods, and then you have. Mm -hmm. But every time after a meal, I would come in and start typing what it was because they want you to enter item by item. Yeah. And if you have like a salad, you could choose salad and maybe hope that they'd sort of guessed what was in there but then you could go in and edit that item and they'd be like oh well they assumed there were artichokes in there this one didn't have artichokes right okay now i'm gonna add corn to this and oh what else was in there and then the defaults come with sizes Mm -hmm. to them amounts right so then you're like okay well how much time do i spend like saying no this is I don't know, a quarter of a cup. I don't know how much I had. Mm -hmm. And then just really obvious things wouldn't be in there. Like I would start typing soda and Uh it would say Sprite trademark soda. (laughs) (laughs) And then it would have like soda water Mm. and be like, there's nothing for Coke. Yeah, at least by the time I was doing it, there was a way to just say, basically, I'm eating a burrito. Don't bother me about how many FODMAPs it is. I just want to log that I had a burrito. If my breath goes up, let me know. I'll go back and I'll know what burrito it was. I don't need you to track this for me. I see, I see. So I I often did that. Because later on, they'll give you little charts that tell you, based on the food that you had, this kind of stuff was 
present and that might yeah. be an issue for you. But every time I felt like I was missing the mark, like mm-hmm. I remember once I typed in chili and it didn't have an option for chili except it had like a menu item from chilies <laughs> like, wow you know chilies whatever it was yeah <laughs> it's like no well okay what do i do i put in beans i put in uh, cheese and boy this really brings up the problem of like actual error versus user error because a lot of the time when people test these things they're using like perfect users who can do this like exactly right but the average user is not a perfect user and you and i are like two pretty like neurotically you know fine Mm -hmm. details people but like it was hard for us to get this going yeah the average person is gonna be like i ate a sunflower i don't know leave me alone (laughs) leave me alone is right yeah because after a meal once you've spent 15 minutes trying to analyze it and manually enter the amounts and components of the food it's just not worth it so Mm -hmm. i always had this feeling of like i'm giving imperfect data but you know i don't have time to do this like i had a burger but it was with an impossible patty there's no way to put in right. impossible meat uh, yeah i don't know how do i break that okay, down? regular burger i guess i guess i'll ignore these fodmaps now right yeah. right yeah. so that was always an issue and then during the baseline period and thereafter they wanted to regularly have you breathe in and mm-hmm. log one of these breath scores and i think they told and you're right to say breathe in do not blow mm. do not blow Good you point. You breathe in and you breathe out, but it's like a very weak breath. It's that breath that just comes from your core and took, takes no effort. Yeah, their instruction is to hold your breath for three seconds and then blow out gently yeah. and steadily. Yeah. So, yeah, I, but, re- I remember but not trying not with to... force. It's just like, mm-hmm. let it out. Stop Regularly, stopping but your breath. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember trying to kind of rehearse in my head, like, okay, here's how I'm doing it. I want to consistently do that same thing each time. Yeah. So I get consistent results. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a to do. And of course, you have to charge the device mm-hmm. regularly. And then it complains because it's like, you're charging me too much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you plug stupid you, little joke. You plug it in by USB. <laughs> I get it. Charge yeah. as multiple meetings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You get very it. Very good. You get it. And, do you want to stay here in it for a while? Oh, the should joke? we keep analyzing yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, if you want. Okay, so it's taking money from you. Yes, you get it. Yeah. Uh, another version of charge is an animal coming at you really fast. Mm-hmm. So if you were charging this, you might oh, scare it. it wouldn't want you to charge it. It would be you're overcharging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. Wow, there's just so, so many, many layers like an onion. of that word. <laughs> well, we'll come back to this. <laughs> So I think in my first week of discovery, I think I had something like 34 breath tests. You're doing this quite regularly. So much. Then I got into a rhythm and there was a point where it was like, you're doing too many breaths, ma'am. Oh, please stop us it. too much data. Cut it out. No, it said um, I was doing too many breaths between meals and I was overwhelming the device. Oh, I think the air needs time to air out. Yeah. Between. And yeah, I think there is like a cool down essentially after which they say, Mm -hmm. you know, wait 15 minutes before you do this again. And each time it's giving you a rating on your breath. So that can be anywhere from 0.0. Which is good. To 10.0. Bad. So that can be low, okay, or high. Those are the three options. So what happens when you get a low Meaning high fermentation. Mm-hmm. Not you are high under the has influence. so many meanings. Really? Yeah, right. it can mean like you're on. You're drugs. up on the ceiling. Yes. You're top of a tall building. Maybe you're north of where I am. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Really. Language. It's amazing. I know. Okay, so if you get a low score, like here, I have a one point three reading on the scale. It says, what does this mean? The sensors are picking up a low level of fermentation at the moment. Any food or drink you've had recently has either, there's three options, one, been fully absorbed before the colon, where fermentation takes place, by the way, two, has not yet reached the colon, or three, has reached the colon, but the bacteria you have haven't fermented it. Either Mm. way, unless you have symptoms, Nothing to do here. Oh, you can't give me three options and then say either, but... Oh, um, fair. Language. Yeah. It's tricky. <laughs> it's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. You, okay, so you got a fair amount of lows and okays, looks like. Oh, yeah. I got all of the above. <laughs> oh, yeah. So here's a 6.0, <laughs> and that's 
okay, now things go from green to yellowish orange. And it says, what does this mean? Some of what you've eaten hasn't been fully absorbed in your gut and is fermenting. Hmm. What should I do? We've listed the meals that you have eaten recently. When you select a meal, you can see which parts of the meal are high FODMAP. Ah, uh, see, and here it would just let me pick the meal and say, it was that enchilada, but it didn't itemize the things and okay. I could figure it out. Yeah, so it looks like Easier. that day I had had <laughs> very late at night. Uh, why am I eating so late? This is terrible. <laughs> Oreos and Snapple half and half and quesadillas what? and burrito. <laughs> What's happening there? You had, oh, half and half. Oh, 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 I thought the creamer. Half and half must be like a Snapple <laughs> like and a Arnold or Palmer something. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so that's medium. And then if you get a high score like this time that I got an 8.9. Damn. That means some of what you've eaten hasn't been fully absorbed in your gut and is fermenting rapidly. What should I do? We've listed the meals that you have eaten recently. When you select a meal, you can see which parts of the meal are high FODMAP. You can also select an ingredient to see which FODMAPs they contain. Did you discover that anything that you love was creating a lot of hydrogen for you? That's a good question. Thank you. I don't know if I sense like a real consistency, but some of these are not surprising. Like I got mm -hmm. a 10.0 on a day when I had corn dogs, curly fries, and pretzels. <laughs> okay. My favorite food in the world is Thai yellow curry with tofu. Curry's not in here. Or at least not. I remember, oh, I remember writing yellow and okay. they did not have yellow curry. And okay. I was like, what are you even doing? <laughs> After curry, my fermentation was really high. Mm. Oh, no. I know. And I was like, oh, damn it. Yeah. Do I have life with curry or do I have life without yeah. irritation? Curry. I choose life with curry. Yeah, I'm going to have the curry. Okay, so shall we talk about these actual tests? Sure. But first, shall we talk about websites? Yeah, let's talk about websites. Good, because I love websites. Love them. Name one. Name a website. Uh, Any uh, website. Um, uh, 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 Girlseateggs.biz. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if Do that, you think that's that's one? If it doesn't already exist, you could get that website at Squarespace, Carrie. Hold on, I'm looking it up. <laughs> no. Oh, my God, guys. How you is gotta that go get not it. a website? <laughs> you gotta go get it. Rule 34, you're failing me. Yeah, really? That's the porn one? I think so. Yeah. No, okay. no I'm going to look that up. Okay, well, Ross is looking that up and probably finding the answer on a Squarespace website. I want to tell you about Squarespace, the best all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, content you create, even your time. I can't improve on what you're doing over there. <laughs> I guess it's my turn. Did you figure it out about the porn? Yeah, that's okay. correct. It okay. is rule 34. Okay, good. If you can think of it, porn exists of, of it. it. Sure. But you probably can't make porn on Squarespace. Ross? <laughs> There's other legitimate sites that you probably want to make. And guess what? Whatever website you do make on Squarespace is optimized for mobile. Mm. So, you know, you don't have to worry like when it has to appear as a tall rectangle instead of a wide rectangle. Mm. It's going to look great. Content automatically adjusts. So your website looks great on any device. Any device. Any device. And you can use customizable galleries to display images and videos in unique ways. Plus, add online booking and scheduling for your classes or sessions to your Squarespace website. Very cool. Yeah, then they can see when you're available and not just be like, hey, I can do Wednesday from 3 to 4 or I can do Friday from 1 to 6. Remind me of your time zone. I'm in PT. Oh, do I remember that your son has soccer on Saturday? None of that. This reminds me of one of my go-to kid jokes. So a guy comes to a gymnast and he says, hey, I've always wanted to learn to do the splits. Can you help me? Okay. And the person at the desk says, absolutely. Well, how flexible are you? He says, well, I can't do Tuesdays. <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> Language. There's so many definitions of flexible. <laughs> I walked into that, but uh, not intentionally. So head to squarespace.com slash Ono for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Ono to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. Girlseedags.biz. <laughs> okay, Carrie. So we have logged our poop every day. Yes. On 
they taught me even a scale that they used for poop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that called? The Myers-Briggs poop, <laughs> poop <laughs> scale. Poop and Tory index. Wait, wait. I have it saved somewhere. Wait, wait. Oh, I, I can use this. Oxford personality poop index. The Bristol stool chart? Yes, that's the one. You found it. You know, actually, I think I read about it in Mary Roach's book, mm. Gulp. Tales from the Elementary Canal, Adventures Along the Elementary Canal, something like that. Yeah. As all... Uh, we will take a correction email about that, but only from Mary Roach. Yeah. That's the only person. And that's the only person allowed. Yes, the Bristol Stool Chart, famous poster you see on the walls of kids' dorm rooms. My favorite stool chart. Yes. <laughs> really. You see types one through seven, and one is like really separate Se- hard severe lumps. Severe constipation, separate hard lumps, difficult to pass. Very good. Mm-hmm. And then all the way at the end, you've got like watery as fuck. I just remember spending mornings during this month plus where I would sit on the toilet and be like, okay, so how did you come out? <laughs> oh, all right, that looked... Uh, Ross is glancing behind him at his butt. <laughs> that looked normal. I'd say, yeah. I'd say smooth sausage, easy to pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe today it was soft pieces of poop, easy to pass. Yeah, I kept doing this thing where I felt confident about what it should look like. <laughs> and I was like, I don't need to look. <laughs> come on. That was a four. I'm do I imp- really have to do that? Huh? Fine, I'll do this. I'm an empiricist. Yeah, yeah. I had to look. And then... then no, and okay. I, I did too. Okay, how, I am I, how stressed am I feeling this morning? Oh, well, I've got a lot of meetings coming. Oh, I know they're asking me about my stress. It goes up a little. And then uh, I generally log sleep anyway, so now I have good data on that from my watch. So, nice. okay, here's your sleep data. I know exactly how much I slept. I just remember sitting on the pot doing that every morning. Yeah, no, it becomes a real burden. I am used to logging the fact that I've pooped. Okay. In my little calendar. Without a Bristol scale. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, every morning working for the man. By the man, I mean food marble. Yeah, man. Man has so many meanings. Indeed. So this actual test, Mm -hmm. they give you four things to fuck with you. (laughs) Inulin, uh-huh. which is basically what's in onions and garlic. A common carb. Some foods I'm found in. Yeah, you've got onions, garlic, bread, cookies, noodles. I'm looking at the little sachet. Mm-hmm. 10 grams of inulin. So I'm thinking I'm starting there because I suspect that's going to be the hardest for me and I want to just pound on through. Oh, gotcha. Okay, they gave me an order to go in and I went oh. in that order. They wanted Oh, interesting. Me to, I don't think I got They wanted me to schedule fructose and then lactose and then sorbitol mm. to see if you can absorb it all <laughs> and inulin. Oh, you did inulin last. Yeah. Whoa. That's, that's how I roll. That I mean, at least that was the order they asked me to schedule them. Okay. I initially was going to do all four. Then I got COVID and my Mm -hmm. plans really got sidelined. And then I said to myself, I said, Carrie, do you need to do lactose? You don't even eat it. Does it matter to you Mm. whether you can digest it? That could have really messed you up. Maybe. Just because you don't. I I don't know. That's me assuming Mm -hmm. that a lack of exposure means like your body's going to be like, what is this? I I think there is some disagreement about that. Okay. But not not positive. Put Um, a big asterisk at the end of that. (laughs) That's good thinking. Yeah, I might still do it because I have a packet of it. But I figured before this show, I just need to get those three done. So I did my final one this morning and it Mm -hmm. was Sorbitol, which is the one that I was like, that should be fine. And from- Oh my God. (laughs) From your texts, it sounds like you did not absorb it all. (laughs) No, it was not so good but we'll get there okay so you did fructose first and how fruked up was your experience yeah okay so uh you've all heard of fructose it's the fruit sugar some foods i'm found in include cherries avocados i'm just going on the little icons from this 25 gram sachet apples watermelon pears and honey oh yeah they kept mentioning honey honey not a sponsor of this episode so uh this was one that you mix into a cold beverage fructose and so yeah it's just this white powder and Mm -hmm. they tell you exactly how much water to mix it into you stir it around and then you go to the app and oh this is another thing you have to start with a baseline reading Mm -hmm. and i kept having to redo that because i was higher than three oh yeah and so they're like oh i guess that never happened to me and you've been fasting yeah yeah because they don't let you eat for 12 hours but 
that, Interesting. yeah, I would say like, nope, try again in 15 minutes. And so Ooh, you're so you're already feeling hungry by the time this starts. Yeah. And you've set aside this part of your day mm-hmm. and you're like, I want to get this over with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, no, let's try again in 15 minutes. See how, how your levels are. Yeah. So uh, that happened to me twice in a row with that one. And uh, then, okay, medium sized glass, empty the packet, stir it. Okay. Did all that, drank it. And then they have you breathe in every, I think 15 minutes. And it yep. starts a little timer, and they make sure that you've charged the device because this is really going to drain. It has to stay warmed up mm-hmm. for hours, mm-hmm. and then it's going to send you little notifications like, okay, okay, it's time to quickly blow on this thing again. <laughs> right. Well, it matters. So then each time you blow, and it's like, you know, 2.0, then 2.6, and then 3.5, and then 3.2, okay. 3.0. Oh, five, years are also low. 5.7. Oh, wow. 6.9. Okay. Now it's Getting starting to there. come up. So, yeah, I started at 10 a.m., and then by the time I got to like 10.30, now it's starting to come up 9.8. Okay. Whoa, okay. So I had a real spike at 11.52, and then the next reading, 15 minutes later, it came down to 3.6. Okay. So it was this very measurable spike, and they give you a little chart that shows you how your readings went, and then they give you kind of an average score. Yeah, what was your average on 7.8. Whoa, okay, 7.8. Mine was, here, let me pull it up, 10. And now you can see that I got (gasps) 10 on all of them. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Wow. This is how farts end up in your wedding vows. Sorbitol, inulin, and fructose, all 10.0. Yeah. Now now I kind of want you to do the um, lactose. You know, I should have just started it when you got in through the ringer just for my curiosity. (laughs) No, I mean, that's what this show is. Um, yeah, I uh They'll I never hear about it. it. It's just, this one's for me. As long as we can do an update about it and you don't for keep it totally to yourself, Ross. I'll be willing to do it. Okay, all right. Or, or we can make it a max fun drive goal that I'll do it, but only tell Ross. <laughs> and then make an episode where I whisper it to him and then we just say like, oh, that's interesting. That's a bad goal. Oh, <laughs> This is fun. I I found a 10.0 day where I drank a milkshake and I'd had stir fry and whiskey. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Wow, Ross that. eating all over the place. (laughs) I have no idea what I was doing. You don't remember that day looking at that? No. (laughs) Wow, okay. This was a year ago. Rock on, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a whiskey and stir fry day. Another day day that I had stir fry and whiskey and a milkshake. Polished it off. I don't know, a Tuesday? (laughs) What are you asking me? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so my next one was lactose. Okay, the one I didn't do. This one was pretty extreme, judging by the chart. Chart, I would guess this was my highest, but apparently not. So, whoa. Yeah, this is where I had like four readings. It was like low, then it was high, then it was low, medium, then high, medium, and then it was just like 10.0, 10.0, 10.0, That looks like when one of us blows out the audio on a recording. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just hit the top of the chart, couldn't go further. And somehow they averaged that out to 8.5. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure what their averaging method here is, but... Yeah, like when you hit 10, yeah, you're essentially clipping the sensor and what it's able to mm-hmm. measure. Yeah. You know, if I had had to guess, I would say lactose is probably the one that gives me the most digestive discomfort. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, it's a really common thing. We're not supposed to, yeah. quote unquote, supposed to be eating milk after we wean. I don't drink milk by itself, but I eat plenty of cheese gotcha. uh, and occasional ice cream. And uh, yeah, if I overdo it, I can feel it later. And what happens later? I fart. Oh, farts. Got it. Oh, yeah. And each time you open one of these packets, they also give you a little explanation of how much to expect of that substance. I thought that was kind of helpful. For, yeah. So for the fructose, it said, this is the equivalent of eating two large apples. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I know how that feels. You wouldn't, Oh, OK. That would yeah. be a, an issue. Whereas with lactose, that packet is the equivalent of one large glass of milk. Mm. Also, we should mention pretty much all of these taste sweet because they are sugars. Like I mm. expected the inulin mm. one because I'm thinking garlic and onion. I right. think, oh, this is not going to taste good as a drink. And then it was just like, oh, a slightly different sweetness than the fructose. They've extracted one part of the flavor profile. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Same with lactose. Yeah, because carbs are sugars. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah. 
I remember like someone explaining that to me. I don't know. I feel like I was an adult when I heard that carbs are sugars. And I was like, <laughs> wait, so you're saying pasta is sugar? <laughs> and I don't know. That was hard for me to wrap my yeah, head around. Yeah, sure. I just had that in a different place in my head. We colloquially talk about just this one little segment of sugars. I remember having that same reaction when someone mentioned how full of sugar ketchup is. Mm. And I thought, really? And then, oh yeah, I guess so. But it has kind of like a tart flavor to it that I just don't associate with me eating something sugary. Yeah, or carrot juice, notoriously really high in sugar, but you're thinking about a vegetable, so it doesn't... Interesting. Yeah, that's part of what tanked Steve Jobs' pancreas, because Um, he was drinking all that carrot juice. mm. When he had pancreatic cancer and you don't want to be sending through a bunch of sugar. Gotcha. So moving on to sorbitol, that's one that's found in, (laughs) they've got a picture of candy canes and I guess other candy. I do love a candy cane. Pears, apples, oranges, and looks like we've got- That's the one I did this morning. Looks like we've got beer and uh, like a can of maybe, oh really? Oh, Oh. (laughs) sorbitol. Yeah, yeah, that one was messing you up. Oh my good golly. Can I tell you? Yeah. That's one's fresh in my mind and toilet. Yeah. Tell me about what happened when you consumed one sachet of sorbitol, which is equivalent to three pears or one prune. Okay. Picture it. Avoid prunes, Carrie. Okay. Picture it. I'm picturing it. Tuesday morning. Okay. You get up. You go to the kitchen. You take a sachet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sugar out of you sachet to the kitchen <laughs> yes <gasps> sachet obviously. has two meanings and that's Whoa! it <laughs> you put it in some water you drink it down you're already like i'm hungry and i have to do this for three hours mm-hmm. and you drink a bunch of sugar which gives you a headache and you're just sitting there going another breath okay 15 <laughs> more minutes another breath mm-hmm. oh, 15 more minutes and you're just doing that until you're about mm, 30 or 40 minutes in when suddenly you're like, oh, I see. I'm going to projectile diarrhea all over this couch. Oh, no. I need to run to the bathroom. Oh, no. But and I need you... to take my little breath device with me because it's <laughs> yeah, going to get obviously. mad if I don't breathe. And my phone so I can like look at Instagram because mm-hmm. you never know how long you're going to be there. <laughs> and then you get to the bathroom and you sit down just in time to realize that you're only going to be pooping for about six seconds because it wants to come out so badly oh no but then it's over really fast but then you look and you're like oh bristol chart 10 i was gonna say it's off the chart it's all liquid (laughs) what was the top seven okay seven yeah whatever was the top it was uh it had no shape no form could have been paint all right Descriptive. (laughs) Thank you. No problem. That was my Sorbitol adventure. It was much worse than the other two. And it was the one that I was like, that'll be fine. So there you go. There is some utility right there. I've just found a screenshot of my entire screen filled with notifications from this app. Yeah, that's miserable. Let me read them the way I heard them. Okay. Breath reading reminder. It's time to do a (laughs) breath reading. Breath reading reminder. It's time to do a breath reading. (laughs) Unsure what to eat before your fructose discovery day on scheduled day. (laughs) Oh, I like that. The little scheduled underscore day. See some recipes here. Lunchtime? I'm getting hungry too. Let's log your lunch. Snack time? It's time to log your snack. Dinner time? Let's keep this going. It's time to log your dinner. Breath reading reminder? It's time to do a breath reading. Breath reading reminder? It's time to do a breath reading. Your discovery day? Looking forward to your fructose discovery day tomorrow? And like little stars and eyes, happy face. Have a look at the checklist to make the most of it. Your discovery day. See some tips on how to prepare for your sorbitol discovery day this week. Remember to eat low FODMAP today to get the most of our tomorrow's fructose discovery day. See some recipes here. Very annoying. So your food marble voice is like a rich child, like a child who's like eight, has never known any sort of adversity and like Mm -hmm. owns a lot of sailor hats. (laughs) Okay, I like it. Jenkins, where is the helicopter? Yeah, exactly. The child that's in Has the movie. His father used it today. <laughs> this is why he, I need my own. Yeah, I'm thinking of like the children in Mary Poppins, even though they're not that <laughs> stuck up. Oh, you know what? It's Clifford. Did you ever see Clifford? The big red dog? No, the movie with Martin Short. No. Oh, I think you'd really like Clifford. Well, anyway. Clifford has so many matter. meanings. God, so true. Okay, go on. Oh, yeah. So my Sorbitol score, by the way, ended up as 9.4. You were just telling us about yours. But 10. I mean, looking at this chart, it looks way less Hmm. intense than my 
lactose one. That's interesting. I'm not sure how they're getting their average. That seems wrong to me. Yeah. Did they label it as an average? No, they just said your score. It's just like results or something. Yeah, that's that's confusing to me too. Because mine... Your digestive profile. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't say average. They didn't say mean or median. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how they're pulling that number. It feels like there's a little bit of a number voodoo going on there. Yeah, but I will say it's kind of apparent to you which ones felt the worst. Mm -hmm. So you can Mm -hmm. keep that running in your head. Might be useful if they allowed you to input that. So if you're looking back at this in a year, you can see it. But for me, sorbitol was the worst, followed by fructose, okay. then inulin. I just kept screenshotting the heck out of this thing. Okay, so yeah, inulin was the last one I took. And as we mentioned, that's the one found in onions, garlic, bread, and ramen noodle dish, wheat, mm. and cookies, 10 grams. This was another one, both the lactose and the inulin, instead of mixing them into cold water, you had to heat up water, mix it into that. There were rules around it. So I did that, started my readings, and... You know, in the later iteration, it actually tells you you don't need to do that. It's just that it absorbs or it mixes in better. Okay. So if you can still make sure you finish it, you can do whatever you want. I see. You know, it probably said that too. But I was like, you're telling me this is the best way to do it. I'm doing it that way. Mm. And look at my scores for inulin. Quite low. Yeah. That was my lowest one. fine. Okay. Result 4.8. Yeah, my highest reading was just over six, or I guess about seven. And was horrible. So they show you then a chart that fills out as you try each one. Sorbitol was my biggest one, though I would say visually from looking at the individual scores, lactose seemed to be my most reactive. And what about subjectively your feelings of fullness and flatulence and discomfort as you were taking them? You know, I don't honestly remember having any real disruptive reactions. Oh, okay, wow. That made me like, why am I so farty all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. I would just guess that it was lactose, but I don't have a clear memory or record. That's interesting, though, because if this is all about managing Mm -hmm. your own discomfort, it's interesting that your numbers are so close to mine Mm -hmm. that it starts to make me wonder what the relevance is here right and it feels like they have some language around that and it seems like kind of once you're all done it congratulates you it lets you know kind of how your suspicions matched up with the actuals and then they offer you a personalized reading so if you continue to log your food they'll assign colors next to the food items to let you know if it's green like this is not going to affect you very much yellow you might want to be careful with red like whoa there stay away from kidney beans yeah unless you're ready Mm -hmm. and a few times i remember them mentioning that you might want to talk to a professional sure especially like as you were preparing to take some of these tests. <laughs> it was like, stop, tell your doctor I have a food marble now. I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, let them gently chide you yeah. about having bought this thing. Hi, Dr. Huang. I know there's a pandemic going on, but I've bought a $177 device off the internet. I want to make sure it's okay if I drink some sugar. Yeah, that was if you had like noticeable reactions to certain things, it's a stop and go talk to somebody, which, you know, always sure. appreciate. And that's pretty much it. Once you've done it, That's what it sends you off into the world with, and then you can act on it as you see fit. Exactly, as you see fit. But how do some people see fit to use this? Well, there seems to be this little cottage industry of using these to diagnose something called SIBO that we mentioned earlier, which Mm -hmm. is small intestine bacterial overgrowth. And it's one of those, yes, that's a real thing. No, it's not the most likely explanation for the thing you're experiencing. Okay. Situations which are touchy and difficult. But when this has actually been tested, it appears to not be a very good marker of whether you have SIBO versus something else going on. Okay. There was a study in the Journal of Gastroenterology in September 2022 that concludes, coincident with advances in medical science, diagnostic testing evolved from small bowel culture to breath tests and onto next-generation culture-independent microbial analytics. The advent and ready availability of breath tests generated a dramatic expansion in both the rate of diagnosis of SIBO and the range of associated gastrointestinal and non-gastrointestinal clinical scenarios. However, issues with the specificity of these same breath tests have clouded their interpretation and aroused some skepticism regarding the role of SIBO in this expanded clinical repertoire. So how I'm hearing that is a lot of people who suspected they might have digestive issues 
bought one of these devices, tried this, and then kind of went to a doctor or dietitian who would have to then report this and say, oh, yeah, I see a lot of people coming in now because they've been using these. Right. And there's the problem of specialists. So specialists can be a really wonderful thing, but they Mm -hmm. can also be blinded by their specialty. Mm. And now we have these cottage industries of specialists and Chronic Lyme, specialists in celiac, Morgellons, yeah, you know, those are examples of things that are like on the really questionable end. But then there are the ones that are in this Mm. more gray zone, like celiac, where it's like, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then there are some people who like way overdiagnose it. So it appears that that's happening here. And that's such a bummer because (laughs) IBS is like such a common ailment. It's like one of the most common things Mm. people go to the doctor for. And it appears to mostly be a function of anxiety. Mm. And the best treatment we have for it right now is CBT, Mm. um, which tells you how much it's a function of anxiety for most people. But CBT, of course, is boring and long and you have to just like maintain it for the rest of your life. And a lot of people just don't feel like seeing their symptoms that way. And so they go, oh, well, you're telling me it's in my head. It has to be this other thing I could take a pill for. That makes sense. And of course, that doesn't mean that there's No biological basis for someone having stomach cramps and things, but there's a great book called Medically Unexplained Symptoms, a brain-centered approach that's by Robert Bailo. He's out of UCLA. He's an expert on the conversations that our brains have with our pain systems and our sort of body regulation systems and how those things can create medical feeling experiences that are mostly in the brain. So I'm just pulling here from his section on irritable bowel syndrome on page 125. He says, genetic environmental and psychogenic factors all play a role in the cause of IBS. IBS is triggered by a gastrointestinal infection in a small percentage of cases. But he goes on later, Patients with IBS have high levels of anxiety, suggesting possible abnormalities in the stress response system, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, and the sympathetic nervous system. Studies have found that psychogenic illness, particularly anxiety and depression, precedes the onset of IBS in as many as two-thirds of patients. Precedes. So we're not just talking about your IBS gives you anxiety, but your anxiety very likely was part of the soup that caused your IBS. Even though the food marble kind of advertises itself talking about both SIBO and IBS, Mm -hmm. as far as I can tell, it doesn't anywhere in the results say, hey, it looks like you have IBS, which which is good. Thankfully, they're, I think, responsible enough to let someone else, an expert who sees you in person, make that call. Better. I was reading some reviews of this from dietitians who were saying that you can get a lot of false positives Mm -hmm. and even false negatives from these kinds of tests where you might have different results from day to day or week to week and need someone to be kind of looking at it with you long term. It sounds like they're trying to, you know, with the baseline, they're trying to stave off that criticism a bit or get Mm -hmm. get more data. But that's one of the things you might get with these kind of self-administered tests. Also that Like when they give you these large amounts after you've been fasting, Mm -hmm. that you can get these big spikes that, yeah, sure, anybody might, but don't really represent real world situations. Yeah. And as long as you know to not have a large amount of something, you know, you're generally going to be fine and not need to avoid it. Even mm-hmm. though, you know, your big sachet put, (laughs) you know, made you have the shits. Yeah. So I think like the best argument I can make for this for me is. I can now say, oh, who knew? I did not know sorbitol would be on this list for me. At least if I'm going to eat a pear, I won't also eat some blackberries, you know, Mm -hmm. or, oh, I ate spicy food for dinner. Maybe I won't also have, what's a sorbitol dessert? Pineapple upside down cake. Sure. (laughs) Yes. Sort of like unpacking your backpack, being like, I think I'm carrying too much stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's not like you need to leave something out altogether forever. While I was trying this product, I met a fellow volunteer at Atheist United, and we were all introducing ourselves. And she said, oh, I'm a dietitian. I work with people and kind of had all this fresh on the brain. So Mm. pulled her aside later and said, hey, I'm using this device. You breathe into it. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard about those. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of like this. 
All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I had to explain to her what the podcast is. Oh, okay, and then did she kind of come to life a little more? <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, her reaction was generally like, yeah, best to see a dietitian. Right, right, right. And sure. you could say, okay, well, that's her profession. Sure. So you can take that with a grain of salt. But, if um, you want. But not a whole sachet of salt. Yeah, exactly. Only do that with sugars. And that's what we've learned. <laughs> so, lightning fast, what would you give this on a pseudoscience rating? Where one is low, ten is high. Yes. I feel like this one's a lot closer to mm-hmm. reality than mm-hmm. say like that IgG test thing that we did with our blood. So I, I'm not going to give it too high. I'll say a four. Yeah, four is how I feel too. It's like, I would love it if they took even more responsibility for the situation of how people are going to use this mm-hmm. and staved that off a little more. But I can't actually point to something they wrote and say, this is not true. Yeah. I mean, the mechanisms of what they're talking about and measuring hydrogen you know i'm assuming that's what the device is actually measuring yeah and it did react i could tell it wasn't like just pulling in random numbers right and mechanistically it makes sense that these are the things that you would measure and log and that you could pull useful data out of that so it doesn't seem absurd on the face to me and maybe future versions with more data and better food logging uh (laughs) could maybe give you more useful data so yeah I'll say four. I say four also. Okay, what would you give this on a danger rating where one is not dangerous, 10 is very dangerous? I mean, same provisos, but again, the biggest concern I've got here is people diagnosing themselves and then sending themselves into a little wormhole of specialists online or in Mm. person who are like really fixated on this one explanation for what you get. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't have a good sense of exactly how big that problem is. This paper says big, but I don't, I don't know how big. Mm. Um, so that's that's the level of danger. And if you got antibiotics for your SIBO and you don't need them, that's not good. But I don't feel super strong about it. Four. My gut was like two, uh-huh. maybe three. Like, I don't think anyone's going to be harmed by this test, this process. Yeah. Like you're saying, like kind of just undo worry i think a lot of this Mm -hmm. just has to do with how seriously people take the results Mm -hmm. and the test itself is i mean it's a lot of work oh my god so much yeah it kind of takes over your life that's the danger you can die of boredom (laughs) you have to you have to plan your life around this thing and these fodmap tests and like sorry everybody i can't join you today because i gotta take the sachet and then breathe on my couch (laughs) yeah Yeah. so uh if there was an inconvenient score this would get that yeah Fair. Uh, what about creepiness? We're one of something not at all creepy, like recording this podcast, mm-hmm. and Ted is something super creepy like Halloween. <laughs> uh, the creepiest thing. Coming soon. Not creepy. I don't feel creeped out at all. It's a one. Yeah. I mean, other than listening to me talk about my poop, that seems right. One <laughs> also. I'm so used to it now. <laughs> uh, what about on a pocket drainer scale where one is uh, not very pricey, 10 is very pricey? Yeah, this doesn't trip my, oh, I'm paying a lot and this is for nothing mm-hmm. frustration, but it's still, it's a pricey device. I don't know that like the average student wants to go and buy this. 180 bucks, yeah. 240, 250 bucks, yeah, depending feels, on which one you get. Feels like a lot. I'll say five. And it's one of those things like, okay, you use it for a month and a half and then, I don't know, do you ever need it again? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it does suggest you can have this lifestyle where you're breathing <laughs> into it all the time, but I really think the tests are the purpose of this thing and the rest is sort of icing yeah so then it just feels like i don't just a bit of wasted material to yeah me. agree uh hot drinks yeah you have to mix some of them with warm water i heat it up to a yeah. mine so all right all guess right. thumbs not up. good ones all right well i don't know if that inspires you to buy your own food marble or not probably not why marble marble what do marbles I've have wondered to do that with this? too you don't blow into a marble yeah you don't they don't even include a marble in the box Yeah, the design, I think, is supposed to be like a marble. Yeah, you know what, Food Marble? Here's a little advice for you. Included in the cost, along with the free shipping, which I appreciate, and the free app, that's great. Also put in a marble with the the blue and the rosy tan colors. Yeah. I think we'd be impressed. I feel like that was also useless, but it would be consistent. (laughs) And then, yeah, you'd have that as a memento, a keepsake, which would probably be more useful than that device. (laughs) Yeah. After you're done with this. Yeah, very possible. All right. Well, that's it for this investigation. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Yes, please. And thank you. Or 
Buy yeah. a book from our bookshop.org store. Oh, yeah. Slash yeah. shop slash oh, no. There you go. Yeah, that sounds right. That supports us, but it also supports independent booksellers. Yeah. And it's got different books that we've recommended or talked about on the show. Oh, yeah. I need to go in and uh, put some updates Me in there. Me too. I've read some other good books. Me too. Let's do that this week. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Bam, bam, bam. I'm going to put it on my carrot list. That okay, means I'll I'm going to put it on my it. to-do list. You can also support us by asking a friend, hey, you want a hug? And if they say yes, then you hug them. But then when you're close to them, you whisper in their ear, oh, no, Ross and Carrie is an excellent podcast. It's like Ama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you remember it. <laughs> well, I listened to it recently before oh, okay. I, I uh, interviewed Sanal Itamaruku. Oh, so uh, okay. I did get it fresh in my head. But you can do that before or after recommending our podcast. Yeah, great. Perfect. I'm going to do that. And remember... Digestive disruption affects about 1 billion people worldwide. That's one in every eight of us. The most frustrating part is often trying to find which foods trigger problems for you as we each digest food differently. At Food Marble, we wanted to get rid of this guesswork by making leading digestive science available in your home for the first time. Track your food and symptoms in the app and use the breath test device to measure your unique response to different foods. Over time, you can build your unique digestive profile by tracking how well you digest different foods. Instead of guessing which foods might cause problems, you can see real-time data on how your body digests different foods. You can learn more at foodmarble.com. You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh, God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. Hey, did grad school ruin your reading habits? Oh my God, all those books you had to read for grad school. Did becoming a parent destroy your ability to focus on a book? Did the pandemic tank the number of novels you can get through in a year? Ugh, that happened to everyone, and we're Reading Glasses, and we're here to help. We'll get you out of a book slump, dismantle all that weird reader guilt. Which we know you have a lot of, but most importantly, we'll help you fall back in love with reading. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.